Burning Zozo Written by Kristen Knight Narrated by Nancy Peterson Rand barreled into the office wearing a full sweat. You let her go? he shouted. What am I supposed to do now? Chen held his hands up. There was an issue. She's no longer acceptable. Rand shook his head and looked at the floor. I can't. I don't know what to say to that. After all our planning, practicing. Arius kept pacing, intentionally keeping his mouth shut. Don't worry. We always have a plan B, remember? Fatigue threaded Chen's voice. He suddenly felt much older than his 45 years. It's risky, but it has worked for us before. Who? Her sister? Rand asked. Chen shook his head. No, we have no connection to her. Who then? Rand looked up and met Chen's eyes, then Arius's. Arius finally spoke. You'll find out soon enough. 4.7. Your Witness. The Mini Cooper inched its way along the ribbon of road up the hill to Las Campanas. From above, the car's white roof and two thick white stripes down the center of the black hood looked like a priest's collar. Chris had selected the paint job as a barometer for making friends. If someone saw it and got the joke, he knew they'd get along. Andy slid off her bike as the car slowed down. As Chris pulled up, he was singing at the top of his lungs. He lowered the window. Hey, Belikov, what are you doing here? Slumming? Andy asked, forcing a smile. Delivery, Lapushka. Andy peered into the back seat of the car and saw three paintings wrapped in brown paper. Want to come? I'll treat you to a burger after. Deal? Andy quickly then moved around back to pop her bike onto the rack. As she slid into the passenger seat beside Chris, she said, Deal. And tucked her hands under her legs so he wouldn't see her shake. One hour and 2,000 calories later, Chris pulled up to the Scoggin double-wide. When Andy leaned forward to go, Chris touched her arm. Wait, please, he said. She leaned back in her seat. What's up? Her voice weakened as she saw Chris's smile disappear. What's going on at your work? What do you mean, she said. Nothing. Today, when I picked you up, you were shaking. I saw. And you were leaving early. It was nothing. I just had low blood sugar, and Arius gave me the afternoon off. Andy, he sighed. How many times do I have to say, I know when you're hiding something from me? You should just stop trying. Andy exhaled. Okay, okay. She rubbed her face with both hands. 
Adams got really mad at me today. Chen told me he was just sick. But he was so angry, Chris. I honestly don't know if I'll have a job tomorrow. Why was he angry? I kind of broke a rule when I got this henna tattoo. What about the blonde hair? Did you break a rule with the hair? No, he's the one who wanted me... She stopped herself. Chris's eyes narrowed. Wanted you what? To dye your hair? When you say it like that, it sounds gross. He just paid for it as part of a makeover to make me look more professional when we were in Vegas. Wait, he took you to Vegas? Like, what happens in Vegas, Vegas? His voice grew louder with each question. Settle down. It wasn't like that. He took me on a business trip to help with a contract meeting, to teach me. Chris's chin dropped. Teach. You. I sat in on a negotiation for a multi-million dollar deal. And I actually think I helped. It was the coolest thing that has ever happened to me, Chris. He sent me to a salon so I would look professional for the meeting. I got a new suit, shoes, hair. The works. I needed to look the part. Look the part, Chris repeated slowly, then gripped the leather on his steering wheel. Then he got angry at you today for getting a henna tattoo? Yes, but just because he likes a clean-cut staff, it's a rule for him, sort of. Also, it's probably not very professional-looking if he has me sit in on another deal. He sure cares a lot about how you look. He's really cool, Chris, and he's been so good to me. Has he? Don't judge, Balakov. He said he'd help me get into law school. This could mean a lot for me and my family. Hmm, smells like fish. She folded her arms. The phrase is smells fishy, and you're starting to sound like the spinners. You've never even met him. Besides, you're the one that told me to go to work as a maid. Pay my way out. She made air quotes with her fingers as she parroted back Chris's advice. He folded his arms. So when can I meet him? Never with that attitude. I'm serious, Andy. I want to meet him. I'll think about it. Andy opened the car door. Hey, thanks for the ride and the food. Sometimes when you're not being my judge and jury, you're a half-decent guy. Just be careful, okay? She made an okay sign with her hennaed hand and closed the Cooper door. Four point eight. Red handed. The double wide was wonderfully, deliciously noisy again. The stifling silence had been erased by Aunt Kathy chopping onions, Jenna talking on the phone, 
and a heavy metal thudding behind Luke's trembling door. Even the jackals were yapping outside. Is Mom home? Andy asked. Aunt Kathy pointed a knife toward Liz's bedroom. Andy knew better than to go in. Jenna ended her call and bent over slightly, like she'd been kicked in the stomach. Did you hear? About what? About Dad. Andy sank onto the white teeter chair. It tipped off balance. No. What about Dad? Jenna sat across from her and said, They deported him. In less than a second, the blood rushed from Andy's head to her feet. You're joking. Oh, please tell me you're joking. Not joking. Andy held on to the edge of her chair. Where is he now? At the Maple Ridge Jail in B.C. They're sending him to trial for everything. The robbery, the shooting, even though he had nothing to do with any of it. He was an accessory, Jenna. Jeez, they'll crucify him for running. What did Mom say? Nothing to me. She hasn't come out of her room since she got the call. I had to slide a note under her door to let her know that the cafe called and that Aunt Kathy's here. Andy folded her arms over her belly. Oh, Jenna, what have I done? I think I'm going to be sick. Come on, Andy. Jenna touched Andy's shoulder. You didn't do anything. This is all my fault. If I just kept my big mouth shut. Jenna threw her long hair over her shoulder. What are you talking about? Mom didn't tell you? Andy swallowed the saliva lining her throat. I asked Gretchen Neves how to help a friend's father who was a U-Doc. She must have gotten suspicious and researched Dad. She's the one who turned him in with a ton of evidence. All because I couldn't stay out of it. Why couldn't I? What's wrong with me? Jenna just stared at Andy. Her brow crumpled like used wrapping paper. Say something, Jenna. Andy begged. Please? Jenna's lips pressed tight, and she closed her eyes. What are you thinking? Do you want devil's blood or pico on your enchiladas, Jenna, honey? Aunt Kathy held up a bottle of hot sauce. Jenna? Andy whispered. Please? Jenna, Aunt Kathy said. Neither, Aunt Kathy. Jenna moved to the screen door and pushed it wide. Not hungry. She let the screen door slam behind her. Quietly, Andy opened Jenna's geisha-painted bedroom door. Emma was sprawled in her crib, wheezing. One chubby hand wiggled her beanie baby pig, Wilbur, pronounced by Emma as Willer. Is Willer sick, Em? Andy reached for her. Annie. She reached for her sister. Andy picked her little body up. So weak, Emma's head rolled back. 
Oh, Andy caught it and held her close. Emma whimpered and nuzzled against Andy's chest. Mama, Dada, she mumbled. Mom's sick and Dad's gone, Emma. Andy felt her forehead. I'm sorry, but all there is is me, Em. I'm all you've got. Emma rubbed her swollen nose with her filthy pig toy. A graveled cough gurgled up from her lungs. Andy touched her head. It was cool. I think Willer's getting better. We just need the cough to go away. The bottle of antibiotics next to her crib was nearly empty. Willer? Owie? I'm sorry, Em. Andy rubbed Emma's back. What can I do for Willer? Would he like a bath? Some juice? No bath. Willer na night. Right. No bath. We'll let Willer sleep. Andy laid her sister back in the crib and wrapped a blanket around her. Em sucked her thumb and wiggled the infectious pig. Andy knelt by the crib watching her sister doze through the bars, waiting to rescue the toy for a much-needed sterilization. But every time she thought Emma was out and tried to pull him from her hand, Emma would grip down and whimper, No, will her stay? Will her stay? Four point nine. The word. A new chopper rested on the mansion roof next to Arius's black beauty. It was fire engine red, and big enough to hold eight. A pair of unfamiliar men in black suits stood at Adams's driveway gate, distinctive gun-shaped lumps at their waists, electronic buds in their ears. Andy pulled out her phone as she approached. Mr. Chen, it's, uh, Andy. I'm in the driveway, and there's these... Andy, don't worry. They know you're coming. Just park your bike and come in through service entrance one. It's open. Who are they? she asked. Only soft static breathed from her phone. Mr. Chen? Inside... Andy found a blue post-it note stuck to the cleaning supply closet, titled, Andy's To-Dos, August 21st. A list of tasks was jotted below. She peeled the list from the door and got to work cleaning the guest rooms. By 10.30, the loud chopping of helicopter blades lifted from the roof and faded over the Sangre de Cristos. Andy? Her yellow phone hummed. Will you come down to the showrooms, please? I have a task for you. Be right there, Mr. Chen, she said, and clipped the phone to her belt. The showroom was filled with enormous leather-bound books. The pages were covered with intricate hand-painted leaves, fruit, angels, animals, and scenes from Bible stories. Gold foil haloed the drawings. Are these... Andy reached out to touch one. Uh-uh. Gloves. Chen held out a pop-up box of surgical gloves. They're illuminated Bibles. Very expensive and delicate. 
Each needs a sleeve. He held up a black fabric envelope. Closing them takes two people. We have to do it carefully so we don't rip the pages. Chen slid the front of the case back. Come hold the base while I close it. They lifted the first book out and laid it on the cart. Each masterpiece lay open to the same chapter, Genesis 4, and held images from the same scene. Two men. One killed the other. Blood everywhere. Nice, Andy said. What's the lesson here? Love thy neighbor? She didn't remember many Bible stories from her childhood, not after she'd started mentally categorizing them as fairy tales. A particularly elaborate image showed a bloody lamb lying on a stone altar. And thy neighbor's sheep? It's an age-old story. A power struggle between two brothers, Cain and Abel. Looks like this brother lost. The next page offered the image of a young man, face down in a field, knife in his back. Is this the kind of stuff Chris will be teaching about in his sermons? She wondered and shook her head. Chen tipped his head at the Bible on the cart and said, Okay, I'll hold up the book while you put on the sleeve. The anti-static sleeve had been darted perfectly to fit and slid on neatly. Let's lift it into the drawer together. Chen rounded the cart. Do you have brothers, Mr. Chen? They laid the Bible in its padded drawer. No brothers or sisters, just a wife and child. Wait, you have a kid? Yes, in the village where I grew up near Shanghai. He stopped the drawer as Andy tried to close it. Be careful to tuck the sleeve so it doesn't catch in the drawer. Girl or boy? I have a son. His name is Long. It means powerful dragon or majesty in Chinese. He touched his jade ear cuff. My wife gave me this in his honor when he was born. I also had a daughter, but... She died a few years ago. I'm so sorry. She smoothed the fabric. What was her name? Bo, Chen said, his voice dropping. It means precious. Why doesn't your son live with you? Are you divorced? No, I'm married. But I move around so much for work that it wouldn't be fair. My son is still very young and in school. And frankly, I prefer that he stay where it's safe. Her brows lifted. You don't think Santa Fe is safe? Um, I suppose what I really mean is simple. My son lives in a small village with his mother and grandmother. He spends his days fishing, running in the fields, playing with friends that he's had for years. It's a better life for a child than he'd have here with me. I visit four times a year, and they come to visit me every Chinese New Year. I can't believe you're not American. You speak English perfectly. My mother was American. She taught English in our village. 
That's how she met my father. Is he still there, too? No. Chen wiped his forehead with his arm, careful not to touch his glove to his skin. My father died when I was a boy. My mother had to raise us on her own with very little money. Andy helped Chen lift another Bible. She actually left us to teach English to business executives in the city. We stayed with our grandparents. What was that like, living with no parents in the house? Not good. His voice quieted. My grandmother was not a warm woman. I'm not sure she ever actually wanted children, let alone grandchildren. And children should be with someone who wants them and actually shows them so. He cleared his throat. But, he held up a finger, my mother made sure we always had food, shelter, all the necessities. And because of the English she taught me, I built a business as a martial arts trainer for English-speaking expats and diplomats. That's how I met Arius. You're a good teacher, then. Hmm, he shook his head. Arius was already quite advanced when he came to me. You could say we taught each other. We became friends, and when it came time for him to leave, he asked me to go with him. He must have offered good money to get you to leave your son. I didn't go with him for the money. A corner of his mouth tipped up. Well, not just for the money. He helped me out of a very difficult situation at the time, a life-changing situation. In a way, I owe him. Andy pulled another sleeve from the cart and flicked it flat. Mr. Chen, what did he mean yesterday when he said, I wasn't equipped? Suddenly, the Bible in Chen's hands fell to the floor, smacking the tile. He groaned, then clenched his hand. You okay? Yes, it's just an old injury that flares up every now and then. Nerve damage. He shook it out. I just need a minute, and it'll be fine. Andy, when you can, Arius's voice came over her walkie phone. Come into my office, will you? She froze in place. Andy? Adams pressed. She finally pushed the button. Right, yes. Be there in a minute. Chen looked at her, rubbing his hand. Is he going to fire me? She peeled off the surgical gloves. For the henna? Chen hesitated, then pressed his lips tight. I don't know, he said. But whatever happens, please don't tell him about my injury. I don't want him to worry. No problem. I'm getting good at keeping your secrets, Andy said, and ran out of the showroom. Chen sat down, cradling his hand and working to quell the deepening pit in his gut.